Welcome to the Holistic Wealth Hustle Podcast, where you can get a lifetime upgrade to stop pursuing happiness and start letting joy pursue you. That's right. It's your turn to be pursued by pure joy. This is your host, Pamela Ramos-Brown of Be Wealthy with Pamela, LLC, celebrating 20 years as an experienced management consultant and personal coach. Are you in the mid-sized business race, a woman entrepreneur, solopreneur, or a professional who believes you can always do better for yourself and others? We're there with you, so you won't have to go alone. In every episode of the Holistic Wealth Hustle, we help decode the secrets of all elements of true wealth, not just financial, but also inclusive of life, love, and work. We exchange practical strategies, share inspiring stories, and offer actionable insights to help unlock our authority for the joyful life beyond what we envision. Let's go together from tolerating the ordinary to enjoying the supernatural. Today, we'll be talking about DEI, and the title is Who Would Imagine a Queen for a King? So DEI stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for Holistic Wealth in Life, Love, and Work. Yolanda Adams has a song called Who Would Imagine a King? And it's about Jesus' sacrifice, his salvation, and his love for the poor and the least of these. And no one expected the carpenter's son to be declared the king of man someday. And the same holds true for Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King, because they had no idea that they would rise to the occasion either until they were called and they said yes to the call and proceeded accordingly. So how could we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion without talking about the king and queen of diversity, equity, and inclusion. That would be Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King. We'd like to sum this up as substance over form. That's a very common term used in business. And this applies to them because in this particular case, they didn't just say yes to the call. They actually lived the life. It reminds me of this um, really old uh, but never forgotten Chicken of the Sea commercial starring Charlie the Tuna. (laughs) We used to love Charlie the Tuna. And the whole um, message of the commercial was, we don't just want tuna with good taste, Charlie. We want tuna that tastes good. And so in diversity, equity, inclusion, we as diverse persons kind of want to reiterate that message. We want people to know that as diverse persons, we want experiences that leave a good taste in our mouths as well. For example, we want to know less about the number of DEI results and more about the quality of DEI results. We want less of reporting about, but we hired this many people. We reached out to this many people. We taught this many people. No, we prefer to have more impressive results, such as we promoted this many people, or we developed and advanced this many people, or we fulfilled the needs of this many people, 
or we transacted business with this many people. So here's a recent example of um, a collaboration between Microsoft and the King Center. They did an immersive museum featuring Dr. Coretta Scott King. So Mrs. King, in this particular case, was um, just featured. They told about her life. They talked about her life before she even met Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. They talked about her life being married to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And they also talked about her life after she lost Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So as a woman, as a minority, diverse, Black female, and as somebody who grew up poor, then she is a great example of somebody who has actually lived a life. We know a lot about Dr. Martin Luther King and all he has contributed to society. And so we want to shine a spotlight on her role, being by his side, and even the role and the things that she did before she even met him and even after he was gone. So her family life included community service, faith, and perseverance. As a teenager in Alabama, where I'm from, where I grew up, during the formal Jim Crow years is when she was there. Thank goodness I wasn't. Her family home was burned down. And it wasn't because somebody left something cooking on the stove. It was because of some racist acts that happened where they were trying to harm her family. However, witnessing her parents' brave response and support from the churches and the community, she earned fortitude and faith. Now, this internal growth prepared her for her destiny as an agent for good troll, for the purposes of good change. As a student at one of the first historically Black schools, she further embraced nonviolence when she met peace advocate Bayard Rustin during his lessons on what he learned from Mahatma Gandhi and others. And in college, where she experienced a holistic approach to development of the whole person, she learned the true meaning of a purpose-driven life from education champion Horace Mann, who said, be ashamed to die until you have won some victory for humanity. So the question is, what have we done for humanity lately? Her own suffering from discrimination during her career compelled her to speak out publicly for the good of all, including the offenders who committed this discrimination because of their dissension into the abyss. And she also was concerned about the victim's soul because she wanted them to hold on to forgiveness and always preserve their ability to forgive. And discrimination has a detrimental effect on both parties. It has an effect on all of the witnesses and the descendants of future generations. So no matter when discrimination has occurred, even for us reading it now about discrimination that has occurred in the past, it affects us. For those in the future generations who will learn about it later, it, it will affect them. It affected all of the people who witnessed what was going on. And so discrimination has a detrimental effect on all parties. 
But did you know that she was a soloist? Hmm. Now, I did not know that, but they have several samplings of her singing in this Microsoft Virtual Immersive Museum. And so I really hope that you guys will go and check it out. It is just an incredible collection of information about her life growing up, her life with her husband and King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and her continuation of the legacy for him and herself after Dr. King was gone. So during her precious time as the queen to the king, she and he were a great example of love and respect. Because it says that the man is to love his wife and the woman is to respect her husband. And surely he loved his wife and his family and surely she respected her husband. So they both had love and respect for each other. They got married in 1953 and later moved to Montgomery, Alabama in 1954 as Dr. King pastored Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. And we can all, knowing what we know now, knew that that was going to be a, you know, a challenging move. However, that's what they did. That's what they were called to do. And that's what their hearts were to help those less fortunate. And so in 55, the first day of the famous 381-day bus boycott, Dr. King had 20 minutes to prepare an outline for one of the most significant speeches of his life at that time. He spoke eloquently at the church to thousands of people. However, Dr. Coretta had the foresight to have the speech recorded and preserved for civil rights and Black history we celebrate each year. That's a definitive example of respect. So go, Dr. Uh, Coretta King, we appreciate what you have done and how you were thinking at that time. The year 1956 is when the Supreme Court ruled that bus discrimination is unconstitutional. And it was also the same year that the King family house was bombed. Hmm. Wonder why there's a coincidence between that. The bombing attack affirmed her commitment. It didn't scare her away. It actually affirmed her commitment. So that is, again, another definitive example of respect and love. And in 59, both went to India to learn from Mahatma Gandhi regarding nonviolence and inspiration for women's leadership. In 62, Mrs. King, she attended an international U.S. Women for Peace delegation and also attended a disarmament conference. So as you can see, she was very busy. She was doing a lot of great things for our people, for women and for our society at large. And in 64, Dr. King won the Nobel Peace Prize for his speech and demonstration of brotherly love for all. And of course, Coretta Scott King was right there by his side through it all and all the way up to the point. Together, they taught their kids that religious values are to be extended beyond the church. It's not just for Sunday. And these values are supposed to reach society for the improvement of all of humanity, especially the least of these. That's one example also of agape love. 
after the brutal assassination and the devastating passing of her husband in 68, the dual building of her legacy and her husband's legacy began on a higher level. Immediately after Dr. King's death, the late Representative John Conyers initiated a bill to recognize his birthday as a national holiday. Not much time for grieving for Coretta Scott King, because also in April, Mrs. King led approximately 42,000 sanitation workers who were striking in Memphis for fair wages. And as we can see from current day strikes in the workforce and employment, much work is still needed to help ensure that all who work can afford to eat. P.S. No one is fighting for enjoying food scraps while sleeping on a cardboard box or sitting in an apartment with no utilities. Everyone should be able to catch the American happiness dream, not just pursue it. And that is what they have been fighting for all along. And we're still fighting for, for that for people today. She helped to expand the definition of nonviolence during the Poor People's March by expressing how violence actually includes starving a child, forced and systemic poverty, deprivation of education, and lacking concern for civilized rights. It's not just what some are guilty of doing, but includes what some are guilty of not doing. Most of all, though, she realized that while it was an honor to be the wife of Dr. King, it was her pleasure to be a child of God. She prayed for direction on how to continue to follow their common calling of God without her husband by her side. And of course, God answered her prayers. And before 68 was over, and even beyond that, she did numerous legacy building things in alignment with her faith and for her love of God and his people. She helped build memorial centers, museums. She wrote autobiographies. She um, launched a documentary film. She served in the United Nations and much more. And by 79, over 10 years after our great leader's death, she helped accumulate over 6 million signatures to support the National MLK Junior Holiday, the most ever submitted for a petition to the U.S. Congress at that time. And in 83, she spoke to half a million people at the 20th anniversary march on Washington about being a coalition of consciousness. Hmm, isn't that a grand idea? A coalition of consciousness. That's what kind of consciousness we need for it to all to be pulled together into a coalition of people. And that continues the ministry of caring for and uplifting the poor in unity. A few months later, the MLK Jr. Holiday Bill was signed. It wasn't signed unanimously, but it was signed successfully. And in 83, the bill actually passed and the first holiday was celebrated in 86, the year that my daughter was born. Almost 20 years after Martin Luther King Jr.'s death and after the first request for the holiday. So it took almost 20 years to get a holiday to be approved and celebrated, but we're here now. 
She also blessed the world with the King Papers Project, as she helped the King Center to be added to the United Nations and more. She has done some extraordinary things. And as you go through the immersive virtual museum, you'll see another multitude of things that she did to contribute to our society. Her 2006 homegoing funeral was attended by 10,000 persons, including four presidents, a host of celebrities, civil rights advocates, family, and dear friends. And so we'd like to definitely thank, say thanks to Microsoft and the King Center for helping to keep her legacy alive, for inspiring people like me, like my daughter, and a lot of future generations. So the question is, are you prepared? Are you preparing to elevate in the areas of diversity, equity, and inclusion? DEI for all of humanity. Thank you for continuing to be a part of the Holistic Wealth Hustle podcast by Be Wealthy with Pamela LLC. Each episode is designed to please. Be sure to take swift action on what you have learned today and update your weekly wealth planner or your holistic plan workbook to receive your rewards of joyfulness. Feel free to leave your comments below or by contacting us at www.bewealthywithpamela.com. That's B-E, wealthy, with P-A-M-E-L-A.com. Please subscribe, share, stay tuned, and let joy pursue you.